0: The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 174 for September 27th, 2009. Push Gmail is finally out, cheap palm Prees, and the iPhone welcomes MMS. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppas. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at The Cell Phone Junkie. Com. Again, we're going to jump right into the news this week. First off, talking about China Mobile hitting a pretty big milestone, 500 million customers. That's half a billion subscribers now on the China Mobile network. Uh, the carrier has a phone in the pocket of nearly 38% of the China population. That is, in fact, uh, more than the entire population of the U.S. And if China Mobile were a U.S. carrier, it would be providing every American with 1.65 cell phones, so a pretty big number there, uh, uh, 500 million subscribers on the China mobile network. Well, the USB Implementers Forum has sided with Apple over an issue that's been ongoing here for the last few months. Since the inception of the Palm Pre, they've been allowing iTunes syncing with the releases of the software that they come out with, and Apple, every time they do an update to the iTunes software, has broken that synchronization capability. Well, uh, the USB-IF has stated that Apple has uh, their right to break the syncing between the Pre and iTunes, and the USB-IF forbid Palm from using a USB-based workaround to provide that syncing. So kind of a win there on Apple's side if you want to look at it that way. Well accounting changes benefiting both Apple and Palm and this goes back to some financially accounting standards that are done in a way to help the revenue from the sales of both Palm and Apple devices to be realized over a specific period of time usually 2 years the period of which the contract of a subscriber that has a particular device has so the companies have gone in and have, have looked at the amount of money that they're realizing as far as income at a one specific time when that phone is sold from when you you know, going back from how it was, where it was spread out over the two years. So very uh, interesting thing, totally an accounting thing. uh, But what they're doing is they're going to now see additional income, or it's going to appear to be additional income in the quarters going forward as they're selling uh, their as they sell products, they're going to be realizing that income. So it's kind of a funky thing to if you're not familiar with how accounting practices work. uh, But Basically showing that uh, when when a phone is sold, instead of having that particular model, let's say a two hundred dollar iPhone is sold, and they have a hundred dollars worth of of revenue on that particular device, rather than saying they get a hundred dollars at you know point A today, they take that amount and they spread it over the two years so that it looks like they've got income coming in over the course of the the life of that device. And the reason that they do that is so that they could provide sp- specific features and software updates to that device without having to charge the user additional money. So that's that's something that I don't know, Joey, if, if you have any you know, background with this or anything, it's it's a something that uh, has has gone on for quite a while, and it's something that not only these two companies, but some other ones in the tech industry, are seeing, such as Dell and, and HP.
1: Well, I think it's a way that they can they they can balance out the the sheet, and and you know, the actual front end cost of the phone gets divided out over the 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 period of the contract, which kind of changes the way, you know, if you let's say you had a, a particular model be released that month, uh, you know, let's say the Storm Two comes out next month or the when the Palm Prix comes out, you get an initial shock of sales and you get a spike in your revenue. Um but then the rest of the you know it, it just doesn't look that good. But if you divide that out over the course of the year, your 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 balance sheets and your cash flow statements will show a nice kind of an even or you'll see the trends based on your uh hardware sales instead of you know sp- you know, spikes when real popular phones get released or, um, you know, specials happen. You can kind of, uh, you know, balance that out and make it just look better.
0: Yeah, and and again, this is not something that's really going to make any difference to the consumers. But uh, for these companies, and for stockholders in these companies, it's definitely going to be a big thing. Uh, the new rules go into effect in 2011, but companies can implement them earlier. So that's a that's a point to to realize there. So very interesting, though, for Apple and Palm specifically, uh, in this article. Also, RIM has seen revenues that are jumping 37%. But their outlook, appears to be a little gloomy. The company reported quarterly net income of $475 million, which is down from 495 million in the year ago quarter. The company's legal charge in the quarter was $112 million, and without that, Rim said they would have had a net income of 588 million. In July, Rim agreed to pay mobile vendor Visto 267 million for a license on all Visto patents that transfer of or to transfer certain Visto intellectual properties. Rim also said that they received $3.5 billion in revenues for the quarter, which is up 3% from the $3.4 billion in the previous quarter and up 37% from a year ago. Devices made up 81% of the revenue, and during the quarter, RIM shipped $8.3 million Uh, rim devices that's up 7.8 million it uh, from the 7.8 million it shipped in the previous quarter and 6.1 from a year ago so additional people still buying blackberries one of the number one smartphones around the world right now rim also improved the gross margins gross margins uh, 44.1 which is great great news for them they've just been on fire recently so
1: a lot of great stuff coming out of uh, rim there so I'm, i'm pretty excited about them and, you know, consistently, I, I you know, more and more people I see and meet out on the street, they have blackberries in their hands. And even if you walk by the kiosks in the mall, the little, you know, the little just you know, stand sitting in the center, if you look at the cases they carry, they're all BlackBerry cases.
0: Yeah. And, and they've just been, you know, the, the device that people have wanted to pick up. It's, you know, always been a, a business device, but uh, more and more people finding that you can do so much with them that they're very, very to have. Obviously, I, I extol the virtues a lot about Blackberries. I, I definitely like them and I definitely think they're a great device for people. And so I, I make a lot of recommendations when people ask uh, to pick up Blackberries, just because they, they will do the majority of things that people want them to do and do them very well. So they've done a great job with it. And I'm glad to see uh, that their revenue jumped they uh, Their stock dove a little bit actually after this uh, to around $75 a share. Uh, investors were disappointed with the the results and they had higher expectations. So uh, unfortunately, it wasn't good for on all, on all accounts, but uh, still made a lot of money last quarter. So good for them. In a letter sent to the FCC, AT&T is asked that the FCC look at Google Voice's product. They're alleging that the Google Voice service is blocking customers from calling certain numbers, thereby violating FCC regulations. AT&T likens the call blocking to the uh, from the calling to net neutrality and says that if a company would like to uh, do this particular service, they need to play by all the same rules. And uh, do the same as all internet companies have to, such as Google. Google Voice is, of course, a call forwarding system that allows you to give out one phone number, and it will ring a number of different lines. It also allows a user to maintain privacy and consolidate services. Google does block voice customers from calling adult chat lines and some conference call systems due to the high fees that are levied by these services. And both Google and the FCC are being silent on this one, as they have not yet commented, On the letter from AT&T. Very, uh, very strange one here. They're also apparently not allowing calling to certain rural areas. Uh, I guess there's certain things that cost quite a bit for Google to do with this service. And so they're saying, nope, we're not going to allow that.
1: Yeah, that's kind of interesting. But I don't know if that would really affect that many people for, you know, if you do try to make a Google voice call, and it does not allow you through, I guess you just use your normal cell phone or I mean, because that's where this is really targeted too, is, you know, making outgoing calls with your cell phone, um, and possibly even your landline that you could still use that, uh, to make those calls to the adult, uh, lines that they also block and a few other conference call systems. So, um, you know, yeah, there is kind of a, that is kind of bad that Google doesn't allow it and pass the costs on to the consumer who's trying to make those calls. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see it's, it's still kind of a new service here. I mean, it's Google's only had it for what a year, year and a half now. Mm-hmm. yeah they took over it from grand
0: Central it probably was just over a year ago, and you know it's it 's gone i think fairly well for them they 've had the ability to you know give out new numbers now i mean they were in a beta for such a long time where they weren 't handing out numbers and they are now. Uh, uh, you know, I've got multiple numbers and it, it works just fine. But unfortunately you've got, uh, you know, certain things that you're just not going to be able to do with, you know, and again, it's, it's still in its infancy. It's, these things may come around still.
1: Yeah. And I know they're definitely handing out numbers cause I've, I've recommended a few people to sign up for it and they, uh, within a week or two, they did get uh, their phone numbers as well. And, and, uh, c- you know, considering how much they charge for the service, uh, you know, I <laughs> guess it's okay that they don't, uh, allow you to call a few certain numbers.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I, obviously, there's there's certain things that come with you know with that price. Of, of course, you know, jokingly, the price is free of Google Voice, but I, exactly. I find the service to be just just exceptional for the most part. I, I have great luck with it, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit later in one of the questions about a different uh, different way that you can set up your Google Voice service to actually take advantage of some of those privacy things that they have in store. Well, AT&T has given some details out about its new microcell service and uh, sort of released their product uh, kind of in a beta test type of situation. They published information on the website, as we talked about last week, of a product they're calling the microcell. It's a femtocell product. And it's like the UB cell from Sprint or Verizon that it hooks up to a user's wired broadband connection and provides enhanced coverage over an area up to 5,000 square feet. The micro cell will give customers unlimited minutes, providing that they sign up for the $20 per month service. Otherwise, you can purchase the device for $150 and get the service for free, and it just uses your regular minutes. The MicroCell is secured from unauthorized access and can seamlessly hand off calls from the AT&T network over to the the MicroCells network that it's created in your house. It is only underway currently using trials in uh, the Charlotte, North Carolina market, and these prices are not completely finalized yet, but they look like that's what it's going to be. So did have a caller call in this week and say that they were using the, the product and that it did work. So uh, nice to see that uh, that it is one of, those, uh, one of those things that they're getting it out there and they're getting the testing done on it. And uh, very, very happy to see that this product is finally out for AT&T, obviously something that every company should have out now. I'm not sure I agree on the pricing at this point yet, but we'll see. Hopefully it'll drop as we go forward. AT&T also offering a bundled talk, text, and surf plan for $100. It's their new triple play bundle, giving the user home phone service, broadband internet, and wireless voice service with the AT&T Nation 450-minute plan Also, unlimited texting, all for $99 a month. The bundle is available for customers in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee. It's available for new and existing customers in at least one of the three services. AT&T activated its MMS functionality for U.S. iPhone users finally this past Friday. Uh, Users were able to go to their iTunes and download an update for the carrier settings and install it for the iPhone. After a restore they were able to send and receive MMS messages and just a few hours later MMS was delayed for AT&T. AT&T customer care revealed that there were known latency issues with MMS in all states in the US with no estimated time of uh, on time delivery so uh, obviously I think we kind of all saw this one coming where they were going to release this big update that allowed for iPhone users who are the some of the more heavy data users on their network to now send and receive uh, multimedia messages and as soon as they did that it started to bog down the network so uh, i have uh, not had yet sent an mms message i have really never sent too many it's usually just been for kind of fun things just to myself to test it out but i guess for those that were waiting for mms it's uh, it's there so you can now go, send and receive picture messages and video messages on your iphone speaking in an interview this week verizon wireless's senior vice president and chief technology officer tony balone indicated that the company is going to launch its LTE 4G network across the U.S. at the much of the same time as possible. Malone said, we want to give our customers a significant footprint rather than offer trial markets spread out here and there. Malone said that the LTE network would overlay, not replace, its CDMA-based 3G network, and noted that it would be able to use the same towers and equipment to power both of these networks. Malone said that there will not be a hard switchover from one network to another. Instead, you will need new devices to take full advantage of LTE, but there won't be a, force, uh, a forced migration. Verizon will serve both LTE and CDMA customers. customers. Concurrently, Verizon has said that it will launch 25 to 30 LTE markets in 2010, covering approximately 1 million of its users. T Mobile's USA has named a number of new 3G markets, including Columbia, Durham, Greensboro, Raleigh, Winston-Salem. Uh, and Greenville in the Carolinas, as well as Escondido and Oceanside, California. They also named Dayton, Ohio, and Rochester, Minnesota as new markets for the 3G network. Customers in these markets will obviously have to have properly equipped phones to see the increases in the data speeds. T-Mobile has asked the feds for D-Block Spectrum, the vice president of government affairs tom sergi recently argued that the with the house energy and commerce committee to make 200 megahertz of additional spectrum available below the 3.5 gigahertz range for commercial use specifically he believes that the 700 megahertz d block spectrum should be re-auctioned off to commercial companies and that the government should use the proceeds of the auction to build a nationwide public safety broadband network that was originally planned for the block of spectrum sergi pointed out that escalating demand for wireless data services is one reason to make it available and also notes that the auction could bring in an additional two to nine billion dollars for the federal government well first our sponsor here today thanks to netflix for helping support us with a two-week free trial plan starting at 4.99 per month with over 100,000 titles to choose from keep each movie as long as you want no late fees ever Free shipping both ways. Free delivery in about one business day. Cancel any time and as a bonus to those DVDs, watch some of the movies over the internet for no additional charge. Joey and I appreciate your support of the show by signing up for a free trial of Netflix. So my movie of the week this week was one that's called Taken, and it's a story about an ex-CIA agent whose daughter gets kidnapped in a European trip, and he uses his ex-CIA skills to help find her. It's a really action-packed movie. It's about 90 minutes long. Just a great one. I'm really, really glad that I was able to pick it up and watch it. Just one of those great Netflix movies that uh, probably could watch over and over again, but that's the great thing. Next time I want to watch
1: it, throw it in my queue, and it'll be over to me in just a day. Uh, Last night, Mickey, I woke up at something like 3 in the morning and and I couldn't quite get back to sleep, so I fired up the Roku and started playing uh, The Fugitive with uh, Harrison Ford. knocks me right out. <laughs> you
0: know, there are certain movies with Harrison Ford that just kind of can do that to you, I suppose.
1: But uh, I, I love that movie, though. It's great. I, I, the, the action in it and the, the kind of the mystery suspense, uh, I, I do like that movie a lot.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Anyway, I had a question this week on how to get signed up for Netflix. And if uh, you are looking to get yourself on a trial, it's real easy. Just go over to com, And on the right side of the page, you've got a link on there that uh, has a Netflix logo on it. You just click on that. It's going to dump you right into a page that allows you to enter in your information to sign up for a two-week free trial. Uh, It is a free trial. There's no uh, need to stay on after this two weeks. It's just a way to get a couple of movies to check out how the service works. You can cancel anytime. There's not any charges for you to try it out. Uh, You do have to put in a credit card, but like I said, you can easily cancel within two weeks if you don't like it. Uh, There's a number of different plans that are out there, anything from $5 per month all the way up to, I think, $25, and that depends on how many movies you want to get each month and how much you want to stream online. Uh, I choose the $8 per month option. I find it to be a nice uh, medium. It gives you unlimited streaming and one movie at a time, but unlimited movies per month. So I get about one a week and uh, watch occasional content, but it's more about the videos for me getting the DVDs in the mail. But uh, if you've got something like a Roku or uh, Vista, I think has a built into their media center. You can do that. Uh, Xbox as well has a built in client for watching streaming Netflix. So there's a number of ways that you can do it, and uh, it, it's real easy though. Um, like I said, we appreciate every single person who signs up. Uh, they have a we have a nice sponsorship set up with them. So every person that we get that signs up for a free trial helps us out. So we do appreciate when you do so. So anyway, check that one out uh, over at thecellphonejunkie.com by clicking on the link on the right for a Netflix free trial. Some device news. The Palm Preak finally coming to the UK, Ireland, and Germany. The UK and Ireland are getting it on October 16th. Germany on the 13th, all are O2 exclusives. Uh, Looks like you've got a number of different options as far as plans are concerned. I'm going to leave most of these up to interpretation by those that actually live in these countries, but they range from about $30 or 30 euros, I guess it is, to uh, 100 euros, depending on how many minutes you're choosing, how many messages you're choosing. All include unlimited data and Wi Fi. uh, A great thing for those that are in uh, these European countries who are looking to get themselves on the latest. Offering from Palm, Amazon now selling the pre for one hundred dollars. You can get it. That's four hundred dollars off with a new two-year agreement. This only goes through the next couple of days, from what I understand. So if you're looking to get a pre, you can pick it up at Amazon for a hundred bucks, or you can get it for eighty at Walmart. You know, Palm is really kind of getting in here and doing what they can to get these things out the door. Eighty dollars on a special promotion from Walmart. If you want to head over there, Joey, I don't know. That's pretty enticing. Eighty dollars for a pre. That's that's very very
1: cheap. That is. That's a great deal. I mean, of course, over the two years, you know, yeah, it's, you know, it's a little insignificant, but for out the door uh, price, that is a, a great uh, value considering how much it was recently and uh, considering the competition. So uh, you can't really go wrong with that kind of price. I mean, imagine, uh, imagine a few years ago, if you could get a phone like that for $80 out the door.
0: Just, yeah. I mean, that the subsidy side of it is, you know, what is really driving all of this and, you know, the certain, you know, The the manufacturers are obviously giving uh, a a specific price point to this device, and that's what they're selling it to these retailers for. The retailer, uh, whether it be the provider, such as Sprint in this case, or the reseller, such as Walmart or Amazon, is actually giving another subsidy on top of this to get your business uh, to buy this product through them. So there are a number of different, as you get through all these you know, layers, you're going to get a number of different discounts on it, it seems. And uh, obviously, for $80, dollars you got to stick in for a two-year contract, or you're going to end up spending... Another $200 to get out of it, but that's still not actually that bad of a deal. Under $300 to get this device if you were to cancel it. Not that you'd be able to really use it much if you didn't have service with Sprint. Uh, it, you'd be, I think, hard-pressed to get Verizon to activate it for you, but you never know. They might, and uh, you know, it's a good device, though, so if you're looking, $80 or $100, depending on how you want to go, Walmart or Amazon. So great, great prices there on the Palm Pre. Some Windows Mobile news, the Verizon Omnia 2 is now on the Samsung support site. Uh, Some specs on the device, a 1500 milliamp hour battery. It does come with a stylus, 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, companion CD as well as user manual CD. It also has an FM radio built into it and Windows Mobile 6.1, possibly upgradable to 6.5. So more information on this once it gets released. Microsoft is stating that 30 Windows Mobile 6.5 smartphones will be launched before the end of the year. Windows Mobile 6.5 will be launching on October 6th, just the day before the annual CTIA conference in San Diego, and uh, we we'll should be seeing a lot of different devices pop up at that particular conference. And uh, senior director of Microsoft's GCR mobile team in China says that those 30 devices will be available from over 15 handset vendors by the end of the year. So good news for the Windows fans. The BlackBerry 9700 got snuck out to the boy Genius, and he's done a review on it. And what does he have to say? Best BlackBerry ever. He's really, really happy with this one. If you're familiar with the Bold, and you're familiar with the Curve, and you're familiar with the Tour... Mix them all together, and you kind of have yourself a ninety seven hundred The size is about the same as the eighty nine hundred uh it's a little bit a little bit smaller it's got a back uh, that's very similar to the bold and it also has the optical trackpad on it. So it's different than the scroll ball that we've seen on uh, obviously all these other devices up till now. Uh, The 9700 will have 3G and Wi-Fi. This is running on the T-Mobile network. So look, uh, or T-Mobile or AT&T, excuse me. It's a GSM device. Uh, So you can be looking to find this one hopefully very soon. Uh, You know, hopefully we'll get this one out because it's a nice looking BlackBerry. Uh, A lot of what they're saying about it is that uh, they've taken a lot of the best things of the networks and they've kind of, or of the devices and they put them all together and they've created what is, you know, a very, very nice device here. And uh, BlackBerry, of course, uh, again, doing very, very well. And with devices like this, you know, just making themselves even stronger.
1: Boy, I see this being a big hit with consumers considering the size. De- He's got a side-by-side comparison of the tour next to it makes the tour look huge yeah
0: <laughs> well and that's the thing is the tour is a nice nice looking device and it, it's a very very functional device um, but you know this one kind of takes on the the smaller style of the curve and uh, looks like a, a keypad that's
1: very similar to the tour which is very very nice yeah and it uh, the keys just go right to the absolute edge of the case it's amazing uh, and the screen almost does as well it's kind of a almost reminds me of the centro size uh, considering they've got a p- picture of his thumb and it I mean, it could easily cover three keys or four keys uh, easily. So it's a a nice small look to it. I, I, I like the form factor of this one a lot.
0: Yeah, if you're, I guess, a fan of the Pearl because you like the size, this may be a good upgrade for you if you want to get a full keyboard on there. Uh, again, the 9700, still uh, still a device that's not been released. I wouldn't say a rumored device, uh, but something that is out there and uh, hopefully we'll see very, very soon come to market here. And uh, a lot of great specs on it. 3.2 megapixel camera, like I said, 3G, Wi-Fi. Also has GPS, that optical trackpad, plus a QWERTY keyboard and a faster processor than anything else that's out there right now. So I, I love it. I think it's a great thing, and uh, I'll be holding off here on a new BlackBerry purchase before I get see this one.
1: Yeah, and it'd be kind of nice to get rid of that mechanical trackball with the, uh, you know, uh, accumulating the lint and the dirt Mm -hmm. and the the junk that it does uh, gather up, you know, consider, you know, think of how uh, nice it is to have these optical mice now versus the old uh, rollerball mice, always scraping those little rollers in my fingernail uh, because they just gummed (laughs) up so fast.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a great. Uh, it looks like it's a great way to to navigate as well. Um, it looks seems to be very fluid, and from what I've seen, it's it's a great upgrade. So uh, I'm very excited about this one, and I think the 9700 could be in my future. We'll see. HTC's Hero could be the first cellular-south Android device. They've announced that they'll begin selling the HTC Hero on October 5th. It has a touchscreen, 5-megapixel camera, GPS, Wi-Fi, and stereo Bluetooth, as well as HTC's Sense user interface. Pricing and availability have not yet been revealed. Samsung's Instinct Q for Sprint passes the FCC and uh, looks to be an Instinct with a keyboard. Uh, This is very similar to any of the Windows mobile devices that uh, you're familiar with, such as the Tilt or the Touch Pro 2 uh, that have the sliding uh, landscape-style keyboard on them. This Instinct Q looks to be bound for Sprint with uh, CDMA and EVDO uh, and we'll have Android on it as well as the sliding keyboard with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi uh, very, very soon. Hopefully we'll have some additional information from Sprint. Motorola says that they'll be announcing a lot of applications when it first releases the Click. Uh, a lot of different uh, apps here come built into this phone, according to them, including Last FM, a lot of Google applications, Yahoo Mail, Dig, mint facebook twitter travel channel mtv and amazon's mp3 store they're also throwing in quick office uh, which is a ten dollar application for other devices as well as telenav navigator Uh, all of these applications will be available when the phone ships uh, which is uh, yet to be announced the new chocolate bl20 is debuted from lg on their developer website the uh, bl20 is a gsm and gprs with hsdpa 3.6 on the 2100 and 900 megahertz networks so those are for uh, outside of the u.s 2.4 inch qvga display with an arm 9 processor 256 megs of flash memory with 128 banks of ram 5 megapixel camera with autofocus flash and video recording bluetooth fm radio micro sd expansion up to 16 gigs USB 2.0 proprietary OS and also does MMS and SMS, of course, with email protocols of SMTP, POP3, and IMAP. Uh, This device is all in a very small form factor and uh, looks like we should be seeing this one come out from LG on a provider yet to be determined. Samsung introduced several chips this week that are meant for use in mobile devices. First, the S5K4EA, don't need to repeat that one, a 5-megapixel system on-chip CMOS sensor that offers autofocus, xenon flash, mechanical, and electronic rolling shutters, as well as support for high-quality video capture up to 30 frames per second. Samsung also announced a new chip that integrates a capacitive touchscreen control function in the mobile display drive. Samsung points out that compared to resistive screens, capacitive... Uh, control technology allows for more advanced features such as soft touch and multi-touch functions. They've also used resistive screen technologies on many of their devices in the past and believe that the capacitive touchscreen will be the way of the future. Verizon Wireless announcing an addition of the Motorola W766 uh, seventy six Entice to its roster of flip phones. The Entice has external touch controls that will have access to the music player, speakerphone, and 2 megapixel camera, as well as video capture. Bluetooth with A2DP, GPS, microSD card support, and threaded messaging round out the feature set. It's available online for $40 after rebate in stores later this month. Microsoft's Turtle and Pure handsets are what appear to be the quote unquote pink lineup coming from the software manufacturer, now coming out with a couple of hardware devices. Uh, It's widely rumored that the Sidekick acquisition or the Danger acquisition of the product Sidekick uh, was the reason that Microsoft was going to use to get into the hardware market. And these two particular phones appear to be uh, proprietary operating system devices, one that looks very similar to the Palm Prix, other very similar to. Uh, Any other Windows Mobile landscape slider device, again, such as the Tilt or the Touch Pro 2. And both of these devices are rumors at this point, but uh, we have some pictures of them that make them appear uh, that they are, in fact, going to be uh, real... Uh, at some point here, very, very soon. Uh, obviously, I'm guessing for these things to have very high integration of social media, as well as probably some Zoom uh, functionality of some sort, as well as uh, at least connectivity into that uh, music store that they have. So uh, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with these, but these have been devices that really, really have been looking to get out here very, very soon, known as the pink devices.
1: Yeah, it doesn't, I, you know, they're probably not going to make a big dent here in the uh, smartphone market as we see it today, but. I mean, if they they kind of make a different approach with the, you know, the sidekick market, uh, you know, maybe they could uh, erode some of the the consumer BlackBerry-oriented purchases.
0: Yeah, well, we've got a couple of Microsoft stores that are opening up here in the next few months. And I think one of the things that they're going to be looking to do is get themselves a handset into those stores. And I think these are going to be the ones that they're going to do. Obviously, they've got very, very little on the hardware side for you know you know mobile device things it's it's all on software in microsoft so other than the xbox and the zoom uh, I don't know what else you're going to have. So to see a couple of phones come out here is at least, you know, something that I could see them putting in the store, as well as, you know, demonstrating the software that they have on their Windows mobile devices, as well as obviously their their Windows 7 that's coming out here on the 22nd of October. So a lot of stuff from Microsoft. I, I think it's good that they've got some phones out here now, even though they it looks like they're they're more entry level than anything. But, you know, again, we have very little as far as specs on these at this point.
1: Yeah, and as kind of a side note, I've, I've always kind of wondered why, you know, back in the early days of Windows Mobile, you know, when they really started to gain traction with HTC, why didn't Microsoft go to HTC and, you know, use them to manufacture Microsoft Windows Mobile devices and sell them in the U.S. as Microsoft Windows Mobile phones, you know, manufactured by HTC? Why didn't they do that? Why didn't they go to
0: IBM and say, hey, we want you to make our computers like Apple makes their computers. I, I it, it is kind of a, an interesting thing. I guess they've just constantly been, you know, it, you know, themselves in being a software company. And that's what Bill Gates wanted to do. But uh, I, I do kind of see your point with that. I think it would be nice if they could come out with some sort of device. And whether it's Windows Mobile, or it's something totally proprietary, I, I'd Don't really think it matters at this point. Microsoft just getting out a device is what matters at this point. So the uh, Turtle and the Pure are the two that are coming out, uh, according to the rumor here in this story. Vodafone's UK division announces the 360 H1 and 360 M1 alongside the Vodafone 360, uh, these are Limo-powered smartphones that will apparently be coming to the UK uh, on the Vodafone network. Uh, both devices, or excuse me, let's start with the H1. The H1 is a device that's got a 3.5-inch OLED touch display with a 5-megapixel camera with autofocus and flash, 16 gigs of internal memory, GPS, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and HSDPA. The M1 uh, has a little bit less. It only has a 3.2-inch touch display, 1 gig of internal memory, expandable via M- uh, micro SD, GPS, Bluetooth, and hsdpa the vodafone 360 platform incorporates uh, the social media aspects of the web os and similar to motorola blur uh, with a stronger emphasis placed on games applications and music Uh, looks like these devices could be coming uh, within the next couple of months taking away of some of the market share we're guessing of what's happening on the nokia and sony ericsson side for the uk vodafone customers so we'll see what happens with these ones here but uh, some so i guess some sort of unique uh Things with them, but you know, I, and it, more importantly, I think just good to have something more come out uh, from on the Vodafone network here. So good news there. Samsung adding the Pro and the TXT to the Corby line. Uh, Samsung announced these new additions uh, of youth-oriented phones. Shared features of the two devices include quad-band GSM and EDGE with FM and Bluetooth 2.1 radios. They also have a 3.5 millimeter headset jack and micro SD support. They both have a cartoon user interface and interchangeable backplates for personalization. The pro also has a sideways slider that will be uh, have a and 2100 megahertz 7.2 megabit per second HSDPA radio as well as Wi-Fi a three megapixel dedicated music keys and built-in Facebook and MySpace will also have a European market availability starting in November. The Text, or TXT, is a monoblock-style device limited to edge data, downgraded from a 3.2 to a 2 megapixel camera, available at the end of September in select markets. Verizon Wireless is on the list of operators to adopt the Limo platform. The Limo Foundation announced a number of global mobile network operators which intended to release handsets starting later this year based on the R2 uh, platform. Also planned for 2010... Of uh, Limo. These operators include Verizon Wireless in the US, as well as NTT Docomo, Orange, SK Telecom, Telefonica, and Vodafone. Handsets running Limo will enable network operators to offer highly customized and adaptable services to the customers. Uh, the makers belong that belong to the organization for hardware include LG, Samsung, Casio Hitachi, ZTE, Huawei, NEC, and Panasonic. Verizon has not yet announced any specific details about the platform or which devices it will use for the software. Samsung and Sprint ad- announced the Instinct HD this week. The HD builds upon the features of the predecessors by adding a 5-megapixel camera with 720p high-definition video capture at 30 frames per second. Also, playback is via HD TV output up to 720p. It can also capture high-speed video at 80 frames per second at 480p resolution. Other improvements include Opera Mobile 9.7 web browser and Wi-Fi. Carries a number of sensors, including an accelerometer, light sensor, and proximity sensor. It can access Sprint's A 3G network. It also has visual voicemail, Sprint TV, and corporate email integration. The HD will be available on September 27th, that's today, at Best Buy mobile stores and Sprint retail outlets on the 11th of October. after rebates with a new agreement that is probably the biggest downfall of this device is that they're going after a $250 price point on something and we were just talking a few minutes ago about how the pre is down to $80 I don't
1: see how they can have this one come out for $250 wow that's a tough sell right there I'm I'm not sure how how they're going to do that one no, I'm very concerned
0: about that price point. I don't think it's going to sell very many when customers have the ability to buy other great smartphone devices that have what I would consider more features to them. Other than you know, this one captures HD video. I I, I don't see that as a big selling point for people, uh, but uh, we'll see. I'll I'll uh, I'll eat my words if I have to, but I'm not I'm not sold on that one yet. Um, anyway. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, some other what I consider software but it's also we're going to throw it into the hardware stuff here. Uh, The Google mobile application has gotten updated and has added some new features to it and it goes directly back to Windows mobile devices and what you can do now with the Google Maps application. Uh, The my location is now on board returning local search results without having to manually input your selection. Search options are now suggested as you type as well as URL suggestions so it's a, a very very highly integrated into this particular into the Windows Mobile hardware, um, it also will have uh, give you Google Maps on the phone, just as the other versions have, uh, and it'll it'll uh, choose your local search suggestions based on your location. And so, uh, some nice uh, things there, some nice additions into the Google Mobile application. Uh, back to some hardware here. Virtu announces its Constellation Extra. I can't even pronounce that. A-Y-X-T-A, Axta maybe. It uh, looks like it's a very uh, high-end Virtu phone, as most of the devices are, starting in the neighborhood of seven to $10,000. Uh, specifications on it include 3G, micro SD, eight gigabytes of storage, three megapixel camera with integrated flash. Uh, other than that, it's pretty much a standard flip device. It doesn't have a QWERTY keyboard or anything like that, just a flip phone from Virtu. Highly stylized, highly customizable uh, as far as the software on it is for what you want to do with it. Uh, but uh, basically you're paying for a name. You're paying for their concierge services uh, to the tune of about seven to $10,000. So very interesting at least to look at. Our second sponsor of the day is the Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. Have you subscribed yet? Sign up is very easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com. Click the link on the right side of the page for TCPJ Unlocked. Then once you get to the Unlocked page, click on subscribe to premium content which is a link on the right side of that screen and follow the instructions to get signed up more and more people are signing up every single week. We've had just a great outpouring of support so far for the show and uh, very exciting stuff here. Two weeks ago, we had a show about with Steve Litchfield from The Phone Show. He joined us to talk about the new announcements in the world of Symbian and also what's going on with Nokia. This week, we're talking all about data. You, you're going to have to listen to this one. We've got a great show talking about what's happening in the world and uh, of data and what it's going to be like in the next frontier as the carriers move on and press to do more things with data on their networks. So So very, very interesting stuff. We have a lot of great information on it. So head on over to the Cell Phone Junkie and click on the link for TCPJ Unlocked. We appreciate everybody who is a subscriber. Well, one of the most exciting things for me that's come along this week is Push Gmail finally comes to Windows Mobile and iPhones. Google upgraded its Google Sync service to now provide Push Gmail services to the iPhone and Windows Mobile devices. Users of Google Sync need to enable Push Gmail from the desktop client, And once enabled, Gmail will be pushed out to these devices instantly, rather than being pulled on a set schedule. Google Sync also supports Google Contacts and Calendar, for the iPhone, it works with devices running only Google or iPhone OS 3.0 and up. Google recommends users perform a full backup before setting up the new sync service. And this was something that as soon as it was released, I went out and uh, set it up on my device. Um, I have multiple devices, and so my iPhone is not currently tied into an exchange server. And so I was easily able to just plug in the information for the Google services, and it started to immediately pull down my information for not only my contacts, but also what's on my Google Calendar, which is very, very little. But, uh, and then, of course, start synchronizing my email immediately as it's sent to me. I, I've got to tell you, this is kind of the last thing that I was waiting for with Gmail. Um, not that I haven't been using it as my, my primary service I have, but it's a, a great thing to finally see Gmail now being able to get pushed out to devices. Now, it, it, it states that it works on iPhones and Windows mobile devices. Now, Joey, I know you've got someone who you uh, have talked to about setting this up on the Centro, and what was the result of that?
1: Uh, it works, but not very well um, I, from, from what, uh, what he said was that the, it comes back with the uh, error message that says you must sync your account. I get that occasionally when my server goes down. So either uh, Gmail is working a lot on their servers and, and disconnecting them or something, or the service was unavailable. Um, it just wasn't a very good solution because I don't think it handles the errors very well because it's something that I don't have to do with my windows mobile phones and it's just i think just very poor implementation of the versamil client within palm os is really the issue not so much gmail side but it but it it, it does work technically but but in practice it's not very usable
0: hmm. interesting I, I find that i you know the the email is sent out to me immediately i mean it's it's similar to how you'd expect it to work it's via the active sync protocol so as soon as something happens it does a full synchronization so it's it's actually interesting because I haven't had. Uh, I've been using Push Email on uh, on a Windows device for quite a while, and so I, I'm 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 used to the BlackBerry way of doing it, where it just kind of pushes down the email. It doesn't do an entire sync of the device, uh, but it nonetheless it works. Um, I the only one thing I wish happened is I'm a big Exchange user, and I've got not only my calendar, my contacts on there. Not so much the calendar, but on the contacts side, I, I have a I have an issue that I can't synchronize. My contacts in my exchange on my exchange server over to Gmail on a regular basis. I, I've tried some third-party applications. I, I have not been real impressed with them, uh, and so I'm, I'm still trying to figure out a way to do that. I have a ton of contacts. I basically save every person that I meet, every business card that I get in my contacts, and so I've got a very big list. And it takes a long time to do a synchronization. It's like two thousand contacts or something like that that I have, and it, it takes forever. And unfortunately. I add people all the time, and when I add them, if I add them to my iPhone now, it's going to go into my Google Contacts. If I add them on my BlackBerry, it goes into my Exchange account, and there's no real way to, to keep those two in sync, so I've got to figure out something because I'm going to, you know, entering this data twice every time someone new comes around is going to get annoying to say the least, and uh, so hopefully I'll figure out something that I can do with that. Google does have uh, their Google Sync application that synchronizes the calendar across both devices, but... haven't yet found that I need to have my calendar on two devices. It's just the contact side. If you're sending someone, you know, a a message from one device or another, you like to have all those contacts on there. So it's kind of makes sense. But on the calendar, I could I can handle not having that on there. But anyway, that's, uh, that's the one the one last remaining thing, I think, for Google, and then it'll be a nice integration uh, for me. Yeah,
1: that totally would be I used to keep my two uh, services in sync, Mickey by uh, using my uh, i500 with the hot sync app at i would you know hot sync physically at work could keep my exchange server updated there and take the phone home and uh, hot sync at home and uh, sync up with my exchange outlook contacts at home and then i had basically my my palm was the physical connector between the two and it kept all the contacts in perfect sync doing it that way but obviously in your situation that's not really feasible
0: no, and I, I've tried to do it on a you know, on a computer thing because I, you know, I've got a home computer yeah. and a work computer, and I've tried to, you know, I synchronize my iPhone with my Mac, and that works, you know, obviously perfectly. And there is a way to to with now with Snow Leopard to have Exchange servers directly hooked in to uh, the built-in PIM information data on the Mac. So for example, address book, calendar, mail. You type in that information of the Exchange server and it it synchronizes it up. Unfortunately, the way that uh, my my company's Exchange server is set up, it requires you to be on the network before it will actually do a a synchronization with that information. So I can't just plug in my information without having a a VPN client hooked up and hooked in to the server to pull down the information because that was what my thought was is, hey, I'll just throw in the Exchange server data and have my contacts synchronized from the server to my Mac and then have my Mac synchronize the contacts over to the iPhone. It'll be no big deal and it'll work easy. But unfortunately, it it, it doesn't. I know that could be a a solution for some people, but Uh, Didn't work for me, so I got to figure something out here. But in the meantime, I've pushed Gmail now, it makes me very happy. It works very well. If you haven't checked it out and you have uh, the ability to do so, it's real easy, um, at least for the iPhone. You add an account via Exchange and then you type in your credentials, which uh, you I'll put a link in the show notes here about how to set it up on your iPhone or iPod Touch. It works with very specific information on what you're using for your username, the server, uh, and uh, stuff like that. So, but it works nice, you know, no problems there. Uh, you just have to make sure that you're comfortable uh, by doing this and that you've got all your information backed up in case you screw something up. Because, um, you know, in my case, I had an Exchange server hooked in just for contacts before this, and it deletes all those and then starts a new sync. So you have to realize that it's going to do some of those things. But other than that, it worked great. Very happy. Uh, I'm a big Google proponent, and I uh, just absolutely love the new service. So very, very working very well for me. Uh, verizon has pulled its tour firmware update uh, apparently the verizon tour software has uh, not really worked out as well as they were hoping on the blackberry 9630 uh, the version 4.7.1.53 uh, got pulled down just a few hours after it was released blackberry users that were able to download the tour firmware were seeing intermittent issues with the, the uh, device working properly software uh, was not was not lining up pro- appropriately on the device and so they were having some issues, so they quickly pulled it, and uh, we'll announce when it gets put back up. Intel says it will also offer a mobile application store. I think this is probably the 800th per, uh, company that's offered an application store here now. They revealed that it will offer mobile applications uh, uh, on devices such as netbooks, cars, and mobile phones, and others. It'll be similar to the Apple iPhone app store, and they uh, has said they already have PC manufacturer partners that will participate, and it will launch sometime in 2010. Google updated its mobile application for devices running Windows Mobile. The biggest new feature includes My Location, allowing users to perform Google searches and find results based on where they are. This is uh, what we were talking about a little bit earlier. They've added the ability to integrate Google Maps with local search results, as well as uh, search for uh, detailed location information about their query. The application is a free download the blackberry bold operating system 4.6.0.295 is available again we talked about this one i think last week and uh, had said that it had been pulled it is now back up so blackberry bold users can now go to the link in the show notes and download the update well the cygic maps application one that we reviewed on the show before has received a price cut it's down to 40 dollars if you're looking for the u.s version only And uh, you can pick that one up on the iTunes store. Uh, This particular application uh, is one that allows you to do personal and professional turn-by-turn GPS navigation with voice guidance. And like I said, it's down to $40, which is a a very significant price cut. I believe it was $80 before that. For US maps only, you can pick it up. Uh, Very, very good uh, piece of software. Highly recommend it. Uh, questions and comments here this week. We've got a lot of them. First one, a comment from Joseph in regards to our comment last week, and he said, just by associating an IMEI of a non-smartphone to your account will not help uh, you, as in the long run every device that's used on a carrier's network broadcasts its IMEI when it is being used. So perhaps you'll be able to get away with using a smartphone on a network, but the network people will eventually see what you're doing and have a smartphone on the network and possibly charge you as such. So thanks to Joseph for sending that that one in Uh, we've got another one here coming up but uh, first off I wanted to have a comment here from Charles who said that my sim swap experience is that as soon as you do it and maybe you have to use the device such as making a call AT&T knows that you have used that particular device and will update your account to show that it's used as of yet, they have not taken any action of me doing this uh, since I've gotten my iPhone 3GS and using it without a data plan. Uh, also, as far as grandfathering stuff on AT&T, they're pretty good about it. Until we recently combined mine, my wife's, and our kids' plans onto an AT&T group text plan, uh, we got group texting, and she had a texting plan with 200 messages from four years ago that's still only $1.99, so they uh, allowed that one to stay on her plan until we just consolidated Also, obviously, with my wife's original iPhone 2G, it is jailbroken, but I always have to redo the jailbreak after an update, and before that, it would go into the middle of activation. Uh, With the 3G I recently acquired, it didn't ask me to do anything after I applied the 3.0.1 update. It just worked. I remember being surprised to this, but it was happy that I didn't have to jailbreak it. I did load a bogus APN to stop the cellular data usage, but other than that, just dropped her five-year-old SIM in it without an issue. Uh, I haven't updated yet to 3.1 since I'm not willing to lock the baseband like I hear is an issue and all my other stuff is under version 8 of iTunes. When AT&T announced that the new data plan requirement, uh, what the new data plan requirement was, I jumped on a refurbished Nokia E71x via the upgrade on my wife's line. That phone arrived with a new SIM card, which I activated. Once we made a couple of calls to check out the 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 phone was working. I took out the SIM, dropped it back into the iPhone 3G, and have been working without an issue ever since. We now use our E71x for hotspotting by using the 3GS SIM card and the Joyku spot software. So uh, thanks very much, Charles, for that. So a couple of different comments about uh, how this is going to, how this would work. Our question was uh, how, I think it was from Karen, how can you use Uh, a a device that's a smartphone on the AT&T network without having to have a data plan and it sounds like you're able to do it uh, without really any issues so uh, unfortunately September 6th or September 13th I believe was the date that they started to force people to have to use these uh, particular smartphone plans when you have these particular devices so I'm not sure how this is going to work in the future but Uh, unfortunately I think that, uh, if you've got it set up at this point, you're probably okay. You're probably not going to have any issues moving forward, but, uh, you, you, uh, you may not be able to make any changes to your account if you in fact do have a smartphone. So anyway, thanks to both Joseph and Charles for their comments regarding that. Next one is a question from Paul, and he says, how much does weather affect cellular signals? We've had a lot of rain here in eastern Tennessee recently, and I've noticed that I've been getting 1x data connections where I used to have solid EVDO. Is this a coincidence, or can the overcast weather and rain affect it? Well, Joey, I I found a very, very interesting article, and uh, it goes into a number of different very, very specific things on how weather can affect radio waves. And, and before we kind of dig into this, I do want to just mention that personally, I have found that weather is a big factor in signals. And it's not just cellular signals, but it's any kind of RF. So if you're using a two-way radio or something well, like, a, like a CB or ham radio, uh, or even a cell phone, then when you're using it and you have clear skies, you're going to have very different experiences than when you have a thunderstorm or even just, you know, heavy rain, or whatever it is, or just clouds, uh, the RF will will function very, very differently. And there's a number of things that go into that. We're not going to get into all of them here. Uh, but what you're going to find is that the effect of either rain droplets or clouds are going to give those su- those signals, those radio signals, v- very different things that they're going to do, they're either going to bounce off each other and uh, find their way back to you, or they're going to get you know, kind of absorbed, if that is the right word that we can use by uh, things like snow or rain, and uh, you may see, you know, degraded degraded service. Um, think about using a radio. And on a very clear night, if you go over to an AM station, you can easily get, uh, you know, frequencies that are from states away, mi- hundreds and thousands of miles away in some cases. And, uh, but when it's cloudy, sometimes you can't even hear the stations that are right around the corner sometimes. So there are definitely, definitely things that will affect how the RF comes, uh, happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it is a uh, fairly, um, you know, it's a pretty known uh, standard that it does affect the signal and it's, you know, the frequency range that the cell phones operate 800 and 1900 is affected by, you know, the, the, you know, rain physically interrupting the signals. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, more—it's—it's it's more of a kind of a physical thing.
0: Yeah, you know, I uh, there's there's a something that's said in the industry, and uh, I'm not going to actually repeat it uh, verbatim because it's a little crass. But uh, having RF work is uh, kind of or FM is FM doesn't stand for frequency modulation; it stands for something magic <laughs> because uh it's amazing that any frequencies actually you know that any radios actually work ever just because there's so many factors that can easily affect them you know environmental factors and uh, atmospheric factors and all sorts of different things
1: well you know uh you know how your meteorologist shows you the radar i mean that's uh, basically radio waves being sent into clouds and it picks up the rain that's in the clouds and it's picking up, you know, changes in directions of the rain, and that's what shows you those reds and greens and uh, uh, yellows on those uh, radar maps. And that's just from bouncing radio waves off the rain. So it's, uh, you know, pretty obvious that it's uh, it, it can pick up rain and detect it. So if it can actually pick it up, you know, bouncing the radio waves off of it, it can definitely interfere with your cell signal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, uh, and that's probably what's happening, Paul. Uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, you should you should you know, not hopefully see this all that often. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit different. I, you know, I'm kind of talking in, in generalities about TV and radio stations and things like that, which can, can easily be affected, um, you know, because there's basically one transmitter and it's going for over a wide distance, whereas on the cellular side, you've got towers that are spaced a lot closer together, you know, a mile or two apart, you know, up to, you know, 10, 15 miles, depending on where you are. But uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've got, necess- you know, always a-, a good line of sight to that particular tower. And if you've got very heavy rains, I could, I could definitely see that interfering.
1: Well, and for, you know, I've had direct TV in the past, and, and uh, you know, during storms, it, it usually did knock the, the uh, signal out. And I had uh, very good signal strength on my uh, dish. I was over 90% of most of the transponders. And uh, even still, it would knock it out during uh, heavy rainfalls. And I believe the frequency of that is at either 2.7 or 2.4 gigs. So it's right around, uh, it's not that far from the, uh, you know, 1900. Uh, of cell phone signals
0: mm-hmm. yeah and like i was saying you can if you really want to dig into it you can like i said i've got a great uh, article here a link that i'm going to put in the show notes here under your name paul and you can go in there and you can read on how some of the you know things like te- even temperature can affect how you know signals propagate it- it's it's pretty wild um how it works and uh it- it's pretty interesting so if you want to read a little bit about that we'll throw something in here for you so you can check it out next one here is a voicemail from sean
2: Hello, yes. My name is Sean Markless. Um I'm currently a AT&T user. And when you go to purchase a new handset, they always say, would you like to purchase their data plan so you can receive the rebate? Please keep the data plan until you get the rebate. Well, that actually truly is false. Um, I purchased a new Samsung attorney for my wife, uh, signed up for the data plan in the store. Uh, about a week later, I canceled the data plan through contacting them. I didn't do it online or anything. I actually spoke with a representative, con- canceled it, but in that week, I canceled it. I mailed my rebate in, uh, about three weeks, four weeks later, whatever it sends, they send out that text to say, your rebate's the process. Three weeks after that, I did get my rebate card in the mail, so the only reason you actually sign up for the data plan is for that person to truly hand you the physical sheet as far as in my experience. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: All right, Sean, thanks very much. Cut you off there before you can slip in your phone number. Um, just wanted to just kind of go back on one of those points there real quick. What Sean is talking about is... If you're ever going to an AT&T store and you're getting a specific rebate based on signing up for a data plan, that's that's what he's talking about. You don't have to stay on that data plan until your rebate is received. They're going to give you information uh, on what to send in. You can send that in. You can cancel your data plan right away, and you'll be ready to go. Um, they will still send you the rebate, or at least he's saying that it did work for him. So anyway, thanks, Sean, for that, because I think it's a very important point that if people are going to get a new phone on at and and they want to get that additional rebate from signing up for a data plan, you don't actually have to stay subscribed for a specific period of time. So that's good news. Thanks for sending that in. Next one, a voicemail from Tynan.
3: Greetings, gentlemen. Tynan just calling in once again. Uh, so I wanted to give you a little bit of feedback on a uh, cool new thing I to do with Gmail and Push. I'm guessing you already know what it is. <laughs> it's the uh, Push Gmail for the iPhone. Um, I went ahead and set it up. Real easy to set up. And there isn't really a ton to say about it other than that it seems to be working as advertised. I get email quite, uh, pretty in- instantaneously, and I'm overall quite happy with it. Uh, the only downside that I can see is that um, since it uses Active uh, Microsoft Exchange, you can only have one Exchange account set up on the iPhone at a time, which was kind of annoying because I wanted to have push email for my um, Gmail account through my college and my personal Gmail account, but I can only have one, so you know, it's kind of kind of a kind of a, a inconvenient. Also, the uh, the calendar syncing worked good. All my ca- contacts synced up to were pushed up to Gmail. Um, the only problem I had was the calendar. I'm not even sure if it's possible for the, the iCal calendar events to be pushed up or uh, pushed pulled. I'm not sure which means the right terminology, but put up onto the uh, the Gmail calendars, the Google calendars. Um, if you guys could shed some light on that, that would be cool. And uh, that's basically it. It it works nice, and I'd highly recommend that everybody go ahead and set up Push Gmail. Just one more thing. Um, I remember a while ago you guys had a listener on your show, and uh, I think I recall you saying you were going to do that again. I was just wondering if that was ever going to happen again. So I thought it was pretty cool uh, for somebody to get the opportunity to just chat with you guys about phones. So um, thank you, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.
0: All right. Thanks very much for the uh, the comments in there and those questions. Uh, let's hit them each one by one. Yeah. Push Gmail. We were just talking about that a little bit ago. Works really, really well. Um, and uh, yeah, everything is working fine for you and uh, as it was for me. So that's, that's great. Uh, as far as iCal events being pushed up to the uh, Google Calendar, um, there, I've got a link here for you and something that you can try because one thing that I've kind of seen is uh, there's there are ways to synchronize your calendars, uh, Google Calendar and your iCal calendar, um, and it's by enabling uh, this you're uh, using this CalDAV support, and I, I don't use it personally, but um looks like it's pretty easy to set up. So I'm going to throw a link in here so that you can check that out, and uh, hopefully that 'll get your Google Calendar onto your iCal so that uh, everything is all you know mixed together and you know you can see it and everything so um, and then are we ever going to have a listener show again or a listener on the show? I, you know it's been a while since we did that, and uh, i'm not sure how we're going to do this one. I would like to do another one sometime, but um, I, i'm not sure when or what uh, venue uh, we were going to do this in, so i haven't really made a decision. On that one yet, but it's a great question. At least got me thinking about it, so that we can possibly try and figure that one out. So we do have a lot of fun with those. Um, it's just sometimes hard to uh, to get those things, you know, tied in. So we'll we'll figure it out though, and uh, we'll announce it when we get when we get a time. And uh, finally, a question from Danny, and he says, "I'm on a campaign to trying to get Google to add a feature to the Google Voice service." Uh, I'm looking to find out how to send all calls on Google voice straight to voicemail, except anyone who's in your contact list. Like me, I was, uh, no one I've asked has been able to find this feature in the Google settings. Uh, there is one feature. This is the one feature hindering me from making a full conversion over to my Google number. I can deal with Apple and Google fighting over the iPhone application, but I'm unable to move forward without this feature. And uh, I looked into this one a little bit because I, I was con- kind of confused as to why this was something he wasn't able to find, because I've been using it actually for quite a while. Uh, and I do c- I consider it to be kind of like a, a whitelist thing.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I, th- I thought as well. And um, it, 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 it is in there.
0: Yeah, and I, I'll just kind of go through the steps on how to set this up. Uh, it's really not all that difficult. You go into your Google Voice account, and then on the right corner, click on the settings. And then under settings, you're going to see uh, on the on the main screen right there, you're going to see the boxes or boxes next to the accounts that you have that are it, taking advantage of all calls going to them. So as an example, um, I click on settings, and I see I've got three different numbers there. I've got my AT&T iPhone I've got my Verizon Blackberry and then I've got a work phone number and uh, I have checkbox the the boxes next to the AT&T and Verizon number unchecked so only calls that are that come to me that I don't know that are not in my contacts go to my work number otherwise I don't get them on my, my mobile phone I don't have to deal with you know spam calls or you know someone getting my number that I don't want to hear from. Uh, It works really, really well. So anyway, so you uncheck those boxes next to the phones that you don't want all calls to go through. Uh, Then you go to groups, which is a tab, uh, just a couple down from the phones tab under settings there. And then under groups, you choose which phones you want to ring when you get calls from people in that group. So it may actually require you to go back into your contacts on Google and either set up contacts or set up groups or figure out ways uh, to do different things. So for example... I have, uh, the groups of coworkers, friends, family, and, uh, Exchange. So basically, in these different groups, uh, they ring different phones. So for example, when, when my coworkers call, I have both of my phones ring. But when or excuse me, my friends call, I have both phones ring. But when my coworkers call, I just have my work phone ring. When my family calls, I have uh, just my iPhone ring. And uh, so you kind of figure out, you know, what phones you want to go to which, but you give everybody the same number. That's the beauty of it. And uh, it works really, really well. So anyway, so you can kind of go in there and, and play with those and check those out. A lot of different settings here. It was a little bit clearer in within in the grand central days of things but i find that it, this does work um i know i was going back and forth with danny and he was having a little bit of trouble getting this set up but uh, it's working just fine for me and uh if you're interested in doing that it's a great way to be able to just give out your number to whoever and not have to worry about getting errant calls or you know getting contacted by people you don't want to be contacted with it works out really really well
1: yeah and, and you know i've got uh, I, I just sold something on craigslist and i put my uh uh, cell phone number down there and I, I kinda wish I didn't because I did get some uh goofball um uh, you know uh, like that's like bot search uh mm. Craigslist now for for phone numbers and I was getting a, a couple junk calls um from that. So uh next time I do an ad, it's definitely going to be the Google Voice number.
0: Yep. And it, it's easy to put that one out there and say, hey you can text me, you can call me, you can do whatever. It doesn't really matter. If you don't want to hear from people, you don't have to hear from them. Uh, it works very, very nicely. I'm, I'm very happy with the, the filtering abilities of Google voice. And if you start to get calls from somebody that you just don't want to hear from anymore, you can easily spam that number and it will never ring in again. It works very, very well. So hopefully Danny, you can get that one working. And, um, if you have any other questions, I know we are going back and forth with our settings pages and stuff. So, um, you know, let me know if you need any more help with it. Hopefully we can get you squirt away. And that's it for us. If you have any questions or comments, give us a call to 206-203-3734. Or like one of the people did today, we got a, a uh, message sent in to us through our email address, which is questions at dot com. And uh, you can either write us or you can send us uh, an MP3 or a message directly from your iPhone or whatever you want to do, you can send it uh, multiple different ways. So we appreciate everybody who reached out to us this week. And uh, make sure if you've got any questions, you do the same because we love talking about it. We love answering them. And it helps other people as well. So until next time, Joey, thank you very much for your time. We'll talk to you later.
1: Thanks for listening. For more information
0: about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.